Welcome back to another Dispatch from Holly McKay. Today, we are going to Sudan, and we are going there to hear the story of Bishop Abraham Yel-Nail, who is uh, the bishop of the Archdiocese, or, or a whale diocese of the Episcopalian Church of South Sudan. What a terrible tale to tell. Tell us a bit more about this man and what he has been witness to, Holly. Yeah, so Bishop Abraham is an incredible, incredible man. So just to give you a little bit of backstory, um, as a child, he was entangled in the very, very brutal uh, civil war in Sudan. And so was you know, forced to, to flee his home and travel on foot, um, persistently coming under energy fire. And that, that was predominantly coming from the Muslim population that was further north in Sudan. Um, and what I think is, you know, horrible but lovely about this particular story is that almost four decades on, um, he is devoted to really helping the same people who basically annihilated his family and, and even sort of fired bullets toward his own head as a small boy. Um, so that's sort of what is incredible. But going back to the, to the story a little bit. Um, Sudan in 1983 came under horrible war and forever really altering the lives of, of Sudanese boys and men. Um, government forces in the nation's north fought against the southern rebels, uh, which were then called the Sudanese People's Liberation Army. And basically, you know, thousands and thousands of boys, um, you know, in the late 80s, up to 20,000 of them, as young as six, you know, had to leave their families. Otherwise, they would, would either be abducted or, or really killed as a child soldier. Um, so over the course of 18 months, if you can imagine, these frightened little boys without any sort of adult supervision, they walked and they crossed three countries and they didn't have aid. They didn't have really anything. So they went through Ethiopia and then many went on to the Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya. Um, but this was a really dangerous and incredibly hot uh, route um, that half of them died sort of on foot trying to, to make this. And many dr drowned um, in the Gilo River. Hundreds more were eaten and killed by crocodiles and hippos. Thousands were shot dead by militants. So it was just endless, um, you know. And by the time these boys sort of got to these tattered tents, they became known as the Lost Boys of Sudan. And many spent, you know, their entire sort of rest of their childhoods alone in these camps. And, um, and it was sort of under a deal under the Clinton administration that, that thousands of them um, were able to come to the United States um, in the 90s and, and early 2000s and get a sort of a proper education. And Abraham was one of them. And, and he came and he um, got his uh, bachelor's and then his master's degree in theology. Um, he's, if you've seen, there was a, a movie that came out with Reese Witherspoon called The Good Lie in 2014. And he's actually a sort of a leading character in that. Um, but he sort of made the decision um, several years ago to go back to uh, Sudan, which his area is now South Sudan, which is still the world's newest country. And that was um, sort of liberated and, and carved into its own country in 2011. And of course, then it didn't take long for South Sudan to erupt into its own civil war. But what I think is extraordinary about Abraham was his willingness to sort of go back and um, not only to sort of serve the predominantly Christian population in southern Sudan, but also to support um, people over the border that are in the Darfur region of Sudan who are predominantly Muslims that are suffering. And so you have, I guess, a, a conflation of, of two uh, different conflicts happening. You've got um, Sudan, which is 
has been sort of in these persistent states of civil war and then there may be small ceasefires, but it's been a, a very conflict-plagued place really for the last decade since its inception. Um, and on top of that, you have sort of tremendous um, issues with flooding, with drought, with, uh, you know, in, inability to access food or aid in that sort of very remote part of the country. And then over the border in Darfur, and we heard a lot, I think, you know, about Darfur in the early 2000s, um, when it was essentially, a, you know, it was a place where the most brutal of, of crimes against humanity happened. And you had uh, the Janjaweed and these pro-government um, militia groups that were sort of sent by then dictator Amal Bashir. Uh, to go into the go after a lot of the, the Darfurians. Um, and that conflict, despite it not being in the international radar really too much anymore, it's still ongoing. And I think over the last year or so, they've had, um, you know, incredible, horrible bouts of violence and death and displacement. Um, so you really just have a, a very sad sort of compilation of, of two horrible things happening. And, and Bishop Abraham is, is doing sort of what he can as a, as a Christian leader to build schools and, and try to get aid and, and help um, sort of both his own community and the Dufferians. Yeah, well, you know, you and I have kept track of this what really is a religious war that has plagued Africa for, I don't know, 20, maybe even 30 to 40 years now. And it's uh, really became particularly violent during the time of ISIS, where you, you had a lot of people coming there and just the, the killing of, uh, of people from one religion to another. And in the latest round of things, uh, the bishops, uh, Christian people, uh, being the target of violence. And it's kind of interesting that, you know, here he is, he's trying to continue to try to build bridges in a part of the world where these kinds of bridges tend to fall apart fairly quickly. Is he succeeding? I think, you know, so obviously it's a difficult struggle. There is a lot of hesitation, um, you know, in giving aid to Africa because of along to the line of corruption that's happened. Um, and in addition to that, the world is very much distracted by other things. You've got issues in Ukraine, you've got issues sort of everywhere else. And so a lot of these conflicts, especially ones that have been going a long time, um, they tend to just fall by the wayside and, and people are sort of just disinterested in, in um, unfortunately helping. And, and it's whatever is sort of the shiniest, um, most newsworthy conflict at the time that seems to attract the most aid and attention and for all the other you know huge amounts of suffering that happen um, they tend to suffer more because resources are then diverted away so I mean he's doing everything that he can but it certainly is a is a really big struggle yeah I agree okay well um what do we do we chalk that up as yet another in a long list of places in the world where bad things are are happening. I mean, you know, you you go to uh, these out of the way places that most people really don't want to look at and and see the same things over and over again. As um, I find it that that when you do these vignettes of people, it's admirable that that regardless of where you go and no matter how dark things are, there there are always people trying to help make it better. And uh, you know, this is another one of those instances. So. It's very good to, to, to read that there are people like, like him that are out there trying to do something and that he can really look past the sectarian 
motivations and the greed and the corruption motivations that are there and try to find something better for the area that he came from. So it's kind of admirable, you know? Um, gosh, this is, yeah, it, it, uh, you know, another great vignette, Holly. And, you know, thank you for that. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Dennis.